Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walah. Imam al-Nawawi's Riyadu al-Saliheen is an immensely blessed hadith collection that has been cherished by Muslims for over seven centuries. In this series, Sheikh Yahya Rodas gives brief commentary on each of the hadiths in this collection, helping us to follow the sunnah of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. when Katama Wakadaba Muhikat Barakatu Bayima Mutafakun Ali. So Hakim ibn Hizam radiallahu narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, The buyer and seller have the option of annulling or continuing the transaction as long as they do not part ways. If they are both truthful and make things clear, they will be blessed in their transaction. If they conceal and lie, the blessing of their transaction is removed. Oh, this is narrated by Hakim ibn Hizam. And he was the son of the brother of Umm al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidah Khadijah bint Khuwaylid. So in other words, that was her nephew. And that he was someone who knew the Prophet ﷺ even before prophethood. And they mentioned about him that he lived for 120 years. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. 60 of which he was Muslim. So he lived 60 years. Uh, and then he became Muslim and lived another 60 years. And so for those of us that converted at a certain point, we'll live, have lived as many years as, inshallah, we live long enough uh, as a Muslim as we would have lived uh, in total. Alhamdulillah, for the Abdul Fakir, I've passed that now. I became Muslim at age 19. Uh, and now I'm significantly older. So I've been about 25 years in Islam, so alhamdulillah, this is from the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was known to have been from those who are the al-mu'allafa. And there's one of the eight categories of zakat that you can give someone zakat legitimately for, legally speaking, is those whose hearts need to be reconciled. And the ulama differ about, uh, is it a condition that they be Muslim or not? That's a difference of opinion there. But... He was from those who was given that a large amount of wealth on the on the and during the battle of Hunain or after the battle. And in fact, they mentioned he was given one hundred camels, and it worked for him, and he became Muslim. And wahasuna islamuhum, as they say, uh, is that he became a good Muslim. And then look at the way these people were, is that all of the good that he did in the, the Jahili period before he became Muslim, the likes of it he did in Islam. And so we know our Prophet said, is that the best of you in Jahili are the best of you in Islam if you have understanding. You have the same traits, but a Muslim, you use them in a religious context. Now, so he's the one who narrates this hadith, and he 
that says that the Prophet said, Al-Bayyan bil khiyar ma lam The buyer and the seller have the option of annulling or continuing the transaction. And here the idea of khiyar is they have the choice. It uh, relates to ikhtiyar and takhir. They have the choice. They can either do what's called fasq of the bay, annul the transaction, or they can go through with it as long as they're together. And you find this in the books of the buying, in the chapter on fiqh of buying and selling. And so if you are in one gathering and that the foundation for transactions is verbal, that utterance of that I sell you this for such and such a price, and then you accept it. As long as you're still with the person, even if you decided to purchase it, you could say, okay, actually, I don't want it. But once you part, then the transaction uh, stands. Um, so our Prophet is clarifying this as one of the legal principles. And then he goes on to say, وَبَيِّنَا So that if they were both truthful and make things clear, i.e. in relation to what it is that they were buying, what they were selling, so the seller has to be clear about what it is that he's selling. Just as whatever someone, when someone's buying from him, uh, the type of currency that they're using, that it has to, it can't be some type of fake currency or something like that. Or if it's bartering, you're trading this for that, that uh, they think that he's getting in the trade something specific, but there's something wrong with it. So on both sides, even though in our context, because we're paying with money, we think of it as only as the seller. But depending upon the context, it actually goes, it applies to both sides, because our Prophet put it in the duel, in sadaqah. In other words, both people have to be truthful. In our days, someone could pay with like fake money or something like that. Um, so the point here is, is that there be truthfulness. If they're truthful and they clarify anything that is wrong with whatever it is that they're selling, this is an obligation. So if you're selling a car, you can't hide that there's a problem with the car. And you know there's something wrong with whatever the radiator, the clutch needs to be replaced, or it's a manual color, whatever. You know something that's wrong, you just try to get over on someone and try to hide it. It's totally haram. And not only is it haram, there will be no barakah. There'll be no blessing. And that the word here used is, when kathaba, if they lied, wakatama, and concealed what was wrong with what they're selling or what is it they're paying with, is that their blessing will be obliterated. There'll be no blessing in it whatsoever. And so this is something that is very, very important. Uh, whenever it is that we're selling something, whatever we, we sell things nowadays, whether it's through Craigslist or someone that we know, we need to clarify uh, what's wrong with uh, that thing before it is that we sell it. And if it's something that we don't know, then we're not taking to account for it. Uh, but this also applies if we're selling a house or anything that is that we are selling. In other words, is that if we're truthful and we do what we're supposed to do in the sacred law, there will be blessing in that transaction. And if you look at what the what Imam Ibn Alan says about this, he says, So what does that mean? Is that when both sides receive what is that they are seeking in that transaction. 
it, whether it's a barter, another object, or whether it's cash, is that Allah will facilitate profit for the one selling. So when you clarify, even if you think that it's a small amount of profit, there'll be blessing in it, and it will actually lead to increased profit in the future. And he mentions these different manifestations of it, meaning that Allah will place desire in the hearts of people to want to buy it. Allah will that protect the actual commodity itself uh, from being harmed in any way. Uh, he will he even mentions here, he will protect the people from having enviers who actually would take from the blessing in some way from the actual transactions. So all these different manifestations of barakah. So when we're thinking about it in the moment, we think like, oh, I can make a quick sell. I can get over on this older woman or this older man or this person who doesn't know anything about cars. I use that example or whatever else. But you think you're getting ahead in the moment, but the reality is even if you make significantly more than you have made otherwise, it's not going to have barakah in it. Whereas if you would have taken that smaller amount of profit, there would have been barakah in it. And all of these different ways it will manifest, most of which you're not even going to ever even think about. That's the ajib thing about barakah. It oftentimes manifests in ways that we never, ever, ever even think. And then he mentions here as well a spiritual meaning to this. He says that just as a businessman, if he's sincere, and what it is that he's selling there'll be blessings in his dealings. And he says, likewise, the abd, the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he is sincere in his dealings with his Lord and that he doesn't, in a sense, cheat or deceive in relation to how he fulfills the right of servitude in the way that we cheat or deceive, or at least attempt to, because you can't deceive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is by having riyah, showing off, having sum'ah, doing something for the sake of a resident, uh, of a, for a reputation or that wanting people to notice what it is that you're doing. If you avoid all of that stuff and you are sincere in your dealings with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you'll be blessed in those dealings with your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala and then you will achieve a high rank and closest to our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he ends this chapter by saying, when we realize that having in sincere dealings with our Lord and everything that is that we do is based upon being in the state of muraqaba, vigilance, uh, then this is what the next chapter is. We finished the chapter on Sidq and the next chapter is on muraqaba, vigilance. May Allah give us tawfiq and bless us with these words of Sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, to understand them and to put them into practice in a way that is most pleasing to him and may Allah ta'ala place immense blessing in this reading. And may we have tangible and perceived benefit from these blessed ahadith of the Rasul and may we benefit in ways that we don't even realize. Ya Arhamur Rahmin wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammadan wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Thank you for listening to one of Al Maqasid's online educational offerings. Our mission at Al-Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full-time, part-time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content at almaqasid.org backslash connect.